Ephesians 6 verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled round your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray for me also that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Should we pray? Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the three people who are going to be bringing your word to us this evening. We thank you for the power of the truth that is in your word. And we pray that you would speak to each one of us this evening. We take a moment to open our ears to what you've got to say to us tonight. Amen. Amen. Please, we give a massive welcome to our first speaker, Liv, who is part of the Stokes Croft Hub team. Liv's been a member of St. Nick's for four years. Welcome, Liv. a nice warm welcome. Thanks, guys. Didn't get that in the morning, but that's all right. Um, So hi, everyone. I'm Liv, and I've been at St. Nick's for almost three years now, having joined just before the pandemic. I work in property management just around the corner from here, um, which basically means I get to put on fun events for our residents. We had crazy golf up on the roof yesterday in the rain. It was delightful with some top-notch ooey burgers. Patty, you'll be pleased to know. (laughs) And then we... um, yeah, we just basically hung out and had a DJ. It was really fun. But it also means I get to like help residents with maintenance requests and regularly help them get trapped seagulls off of their balconies all right, like, while screaming my head off and being incredibly professional. So a fun fact about me is that instead of going to uni, I ended up going, staying at home and helping my dad and three older sisters build our house extension. Safe to say there were a lot of very confused building contractors who rocked up and were like, what the heck is going on here? Why are there four women tiling the roof and then sunbathing on scaffolding boards and then tiling the roof again? It was a unique experience, but one that I will treasure forever. Um, So here we are commended by Paul to pray in the spirit at all times. It sounds like a high bar, doesn't it? In another of his letters to the Thessalonians, Paul writes, pray without ceasing. But what does that look like exactly? Where and when should we be praying? I grew up in a family of seven, and prayer was very much a part of our daily rhythm. I remember praying on nearly every car journey, 
And even if it was simply asking God, like, please help us find a parking spot as we're turning the corner into Tesco's car park. Uh, but it worked. Would recommend, especially in Bristol city center, like use those prayers, it will work. Um, but often on this practice, my dad had this annoying habit of like staring each one of us down in the rear view mirror. So he would like maintain eye contact with each of us in the car until we prayed out loud. And I could feel the pressure like rising. I was like, oh my word, I need to pray out loud. And often it was something just really short, like, God, thank you for today. Please bless us. I said through gritted teeth and short, sweet and acceptable to my dad, but said in entirely the wrong attitude towards God. But safe to say, my view on prayer has changed a lot since walking in relationship with Jesus. I've learned that prayer takes many different types of forms, and it can range from me swearing like in frustration when I'm rushing late to moments of stillness where I simply put my phone down and I say, no, God, I'm going to try and connect with you again. I just want to slow down. And I used to have this practice And I really want to get it back because it was an absolute game changer for me where I would come in from from work every day and I would lie on my bed before I even like spoke to someone in my house. I was that I was that housemate. I'd go and lie on my bed and I'd just set a timer for 15 minutes and I would just lie there and I'd just wait. And all the dross and all the chaos and frustration and like fear, worry of the day would just come up and come out of me. And I would often end up crying and like, being like, what is going on here? But for, for those 15 minutes, I felt like I was coming alive again. And it felt like it was breathing space where I just gave my spirit a bit of room to breathe again. And there's this verse that I've been loving recently. In Psalm 57, verse 8, it says, wake up my heart. And in another translation, it says, wake up my entire being. And in those moments when I would literally wait for 15 minutes, it was like waking, waking my heart up again, waking it up again. And so as I lay in the bed in the stillness, that's what happened. And this practice lasted about two weeks, but each time I did it, I felt alert again to God's nearness. And I think there's something in slowing down which engages our spirits again. We need connection in order to thrive. I don't know if any of you are on Instagram and follow the Archbishop of Banterbury. If not, well worth a follow. Name says it all. But recently, they posted about a Dutch supermarket, which has introduced slow checkouts for the lonely elderly. And I absolutely love this idea, because they have like even chat, chat zones in the corner where people can go and have a cup of tea or coffee and just slow down and connect again. And the move's been so successful, they've actually introduced it in 200 stores in the Netherlands. And it got me thinking, what if we were that intentional to introduce slow checkouts in our daily lives? What would that look like if we had moments where we intentionally slow down to become alert again to God's closeness, where we creatively and reflectively celebrate who he is and what he's done for us? When Paul encourages the Ephesians to pray in the spirit at all times, I don't think he's endorsing nonstop verbal prayer, but rather nonstop alertness to his nearness. Back at my old church, I mentored a girl and I found that I was rubbish at praying for her in between our meetups, and I'm very aware my mentee is here. (laughs) just want to let you know that I do pray for you regularly. (laughs) But at the time, I was like, I need to get on this. I need to, I'm supposed to be an example, and I want to pray for her. So I decided every time I make my bed in the morning, I'm just going to say a really short prayer. They weren't long, elaborate prayers, but I literally used that time to train myself. Okay, I'm making my bed. I need to pray for this girl. And it was such a good way to, like, consistently bring her before God in prayer, 
And so my encouragement to you today is find something you already do. Find a daily rhythm you already have and commit to turning that into a slow checkout. Transform it into a slow checkout. It might be you're at work and you're making a coffee for your colleagues. It might be you're walking to uni or you're brushing your teeth at night. Turn that thing, build it up into a slow checkout and see what God does in those unseen moments. I think it's so important to slow down and practice becoming alert again to God's presence. And you might want to take one of these slow checkouts and turn it into a moment to pray for someone that you know. But start where you're at. Prayers don't need to be long, but they need to be authentic. God is looking for authentic connection with us. So I'm just going to pray as we end um, that God would help us do that because it's not easy. So God, thank you that you are a God who draws near to us. I thank you that you are a God who hungers after connection. I thank you that you've established slow checkouts over our whole lives. Thank you, God, that you, you want to draw near to us and connect with us. And I pray that you'd, Holy Spirit, would you speak to us? Would you show us which daily rhythm we can transform into a slow checkout to, to be with you and connect with you again? And would you bring to mind someone who you want us to pray for? Would you speak to us and show us who that person is and help us to faithfully pray for them as, as we do a daily rhythm each day? I thank you, God, that you have not forgotten us. Amen. Oh, man. Thank you so much, Liv. Love that about slow checkouts. The Dutch know how to do it well, don't they? Breathe. Um, so our next speaker is Rashawn. Let's give her a massive round of applause as she come up. Let me grab your mic. Rashawn works in leadership development, and you've been coming to the next for about a year, haven't you? Um, over from Canada. So um, over to you, Rashawn. Thank you. I was going to have to make that disclaimer, but you did it for me. Thank you. <laughs> Good evening, everyone. You did better than this morning. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, so I'm going to be talking to you about praying with all kinds of prayers and requests. I have two brothers. Uh, one is Ethan, and he is 11 years younger than I am. And then I have Stefan, who is 14 years younger than I am. So I have lived a lot of my life in a sister-mom ro type role. Our parents are very active in our lives. I don't want you to think they're not there. But I did kind of take that role very seriously as that intermediate between the both of them. And what I would do is try to help them learn very important life lessons. That's how good of a sister that I was. And so one of those things was, in a time in life where they would get money but not earn money, if they wanted to purchase on any online things, um, they would go through me. And the request would be that they would come, that they would tell me their reasoning as to why this is the thing that they need to purchase. And if it was a good enough reason, I mean, I'd purchase it for them anyways. It was their money. But I would tell them that their responsibility was to make sure they did all the research they needed to do before. So this one time, they both had a toy that they wanted to purchase from two different vendors. They gave me their reasoning, and I ordered it for them. Both the toys were supposed to come in about a week's time. A week came, Ethan's toy came, Stefan's toy did not. Two weeks passed, four weeks passed, six weeks passed. By the time eight weeks passed, Stefan and I realized that there was probably an unlikelihood that his toy was going to come. So we went back to Amazon, did a quick scan on the reviews, and every review said, don't buy from this vendor. 
if you buy from this vendor, you're not gonna get your product. And I said, Stefan, did you not check that beforehand? He did not. He did not get his toy. He was disappointed, such is life. <laughs> In uh, Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 27, Jesus used an, uses an example of two different men who build their homes, um, one on a solid foundation and the other one on sand. And I would argue, if we were to use this example with my brothers, that Ethan is the one who built his, his Amazon purchase on a firm foundation, whereas Stefan would have built it on sand. And so the reason why we can go to God with all kinds of prayers and requests is because he is the firm foundation. He is sure he is the one that we can most rely on. So when we make our requests before God, we know that he is the one who controls all things and we can trust him with what we bring to him. In Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7, it says, Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, bring your requests before God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So, we bring our, our requests before God. We bring our petitions before God. And when we do that, we know that the other half of it doesn't necessarily say, you bring all of your requests so you get all of your requests, but it does say that you will be guarded in your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So what that means is, as he is our source, as he is the one that we know controls all things and knows all things, he's the one that we go to for all of those things. And in my own life, I've seen God do miraculous things sometimes. I've seen, I'll give you two quick examples. Um, there was one time I had woken up, and I don't know if this has ever happened to any of you, but I had a really severe neck pain where I couldn't, I could hardly turn my head to the left or to the right. And I spent the whole day in pain, the entire day in unnecessary pain. Never thought to pray about it. And I just happened to be joining a prayer, um, a prayer, meeting that evening and someone was talking and we were praying for others and I was very confidently joining the other people we were praying for and not thinking about myself. And the person who was leading that, that message or that meeting had said, I feel like there's somebody who's in this space who's experiencing some neck pain. And I was a bit skeptical at first, I'm not going to lie, but I also was experiencing neck pain. And so I said, I, I put my hand up as one of the people and they prayed for those of us. I wasn't the only one. And I kid you not, it, you, it may be hard to believe, but I know this because I experienced it myself. As we prayed for that, I could feel my neck loosening up. I could feel that working for me and I could instantaneously see prayer work in that way. Now, for some of you, that may seem like a very big um, example. Another one I can give is recently, I, as um, Hattie mentioned, I do leadership training and um, I had gotten so used to doing it virtually that when the time came to do it in person again, I was really nervous. I was like, oh, I haven't done this in a long time. And I felt nudged by the Holy Spirit to say, why don't you come to me about it? And I was like, you know what? That's a good point. And I did make that request to God. I prayed for just the ease of my nerves for that moment. And I'm nervous right now. I don't know if you can tell. But even just before I came up, I asked God for the ease of, that, of those nerves. And I really felt like he's answered that because I'm still before you and I haven't fallen off the stage yet. So regardless of what those things are, I hope that you can challenge yourselves that no matter what it is, if it's a request that you have, Bring it before God. We may see it come to pass. We 
may not, but we know that he is the one who is the source. And it's better to go to the one who is that firm foundation than to try to rely on sand that when the rain comes, and it will come, but when the rain comes, it's the one thing that we have that allows us to stand. Shall we pray? Thank you, Lord, for being such a gracious God that you are. Asking you, Lord, that you give us the courage to come to you with all kinds of prayer requests and the faith to trust you with all kinds of responses. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Legend. Thanks, Rashawn. That was brilliant. Ooh, all the notes. Thank you, Rashawn. Uh, brilliant. Well, we, let's welcome up Kane as our next speaker. Give him a big hand. Kane is um, a lecturer at UWE. Um, in teacher training, Kane, over to you. There you go. Thank you very much. Um, yes, yeah, just as mentioned, my name's Kane, um, lecturer in primary education at UWE. Um, I'm fortunate enough to teach um, some people here, some people that come um, in the morning, which is amazing. Um, <clears throat> for people that have come to the morning service, but might have seen um, my family at Focus, married to Becky, and we've got two little ones, Olive and Aubrey, um, with a third on the way. That's why Becky couldn't be here today. She's not in labour, but any, <laughs> any, any moment now, so she's just resting at home. Um, I also help out um, on kids on a Sunday, which is, which is great, so I can sort of transfer some of those skills from the day job onto a Sunday. Um, but the most important title for St. Nick's is that I get to organise um, the golf days, which is, which is great, um, stealing the, the men and women away. Um, but yeah, yeah, any of those titles will do. So um, other than moving across the bridge um, for a short period of time for university, Bristol has been my home for um, all of my 32 years. Um, I grew up as a Christian in a Christian household um, with mum and dad who for me set a fantastic example um, with regards to prayer and just sort of guiding me um, on my way and I'm lucky enough to have four incredible younger brothers um, yeah and, 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 as, and as touched on as touched on before um, I'm going to hopefully today use everything that I developed um, on the way to talk to you um, this, this evening so for the next couple of minutes I'll be unpacking um, Ephesians 6 um, 18 and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind, be alert and always keep, un keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So, be alert and always keep praying for all the Lord's people. I believe that in our hearts, in your hearts, we carry the weight of all our peers, so everyone around us this evening. This includes their joys, their cries, their hopes, their battles. And as we pray for the Lord's people, we embrace the obligation to lift each other up to support one another in times of need, and to celebrate together in moments of triumph and success. I just want you to park that last part of the sentence and to celebrate each other in moments of triumph and success, because I'll come back to that later. An example um, where me and Becky experienced the first, this firsthand is through our St. Nick's group, um, where weekly prayer requests are put into a WhatsApp group. So we pray during our, um, at the end of our um, St. Nick's group, sort of when we bring things to a close and to open, but we decided to put prayer requests in a WhatsApp group just to keep that momentum going. Um, and I thought it was interesting, um, just a bit earlier, someone spoke about um, sort of the momentum over summer. Um, I understand sort of students go home, families go on holiday, and so you might not be attending church. So your momentum might dip. But I think that a fantastic way that you can keep that momentum and keep connected to God and to each other, the Lord's people, um, is through prayer. 
um, you, of course, you, could, you can do it um, and not let the person know that you're praying about them. It's not how you do it, but just to keep it, to keep it going. Because life does happen and you're not able to attend um, every Sunday. But you don't want it to come to July and then there be a dip. So with my St. Nick's group and as we meet here this evening, um, as I look around... Um, and it's exactly the same with this morning. I can see a united family which breaks down barriers of race, age, sex, and nationality. Um, we do this to, and we meet to acknowledge the extraordinary power of prayer and the effect that prayer has on our lives. Prayer connects us, but also reminds us that we are part of something far bigger than ourselves. The act of praying for the Lord's people, praying for each other, allows us to also reflect on our own actions at the same time. Um, as, a, as a teacher, uh, as a lecturer, that's something that we have to do all day, ev every day. Um, but it's such a valuable tool to reflect on your own practice, to reflect on your own life. I hope to strive to be the answer, not just once, but more than once in my lifetime, to someone's prayer. Now, this might sound egotistical, but it's, it's not intended to be. An answer to prayer may be extending a helping hand to those who are hurt and broken, offering to listen to our peers who are hampered by their struggles, and showing love to those who may feel lost and alone. A few years back in 2019, so this is just before um, the pandemic, um, me and Becky were four months away from having our first child, Olive, and I unfortunately fell into that, that category of feeling helpless and alone as I was having an incredibly difficult time um, with my job as a teacher. Where I once thrived as a teacher, um, I was now being told teaching probably isn't for me. Um, I had bitten off for more, uh, more than I could chew. And a few other unkind and sort of demotivating phrases were sort of chucked my way. Um, at the time, I was in a group in French, led by the Paris, who you might, you might have seen um, they attend in the morning. And every week, I, I sort of made, I didn't intend to, but it was, I, was, I ended up making it about me with regards, so I would just go to complain. Um, Alex Parry is a, is a really experienced educator, and I sort of wanted the answer. I wanted a way out. What was the next step going to be? And each week, she refused to, to give me that, that answer, but she would pray. Um, the whole group would pray and, and pray hard. Now, I'm not going to, to lie. Obviously, the first time they wouldn't give me the answer, I was like, well, Group's useless. I want, I want a straightforward answer. But by the end of um, term, and it was on the last day of term, I handed in my notice um, without a planning place for the future and a baby um, on the way, which was nerve-wracking. But again, just attending group and having that prayer, I sort of just had something in the, the back of my head that was telling me that everything was going to be all right. Um, over Christmas... I was explaining to a close friend who um, is a teacher themselves the situation that I was in. And as we were getting to about four weeks from Olive being due, that sort of confidence in the back of the head was going, okay, God, what, what is the plan going to be? I know you can sort of perform miracles on the last day, but we're getting close here. But they said that they would speak to their head teacher just to see if there any openings um, were coming up. Now, I don't know the exact odds, but I'm sure it must be one in a million. But fast forward a few Sundays, I was approached by Andy Spence, 
for the first time. We hadn't properly spoke since I um, attended the church. And it turned out that he was the head teacher that my friend was talking about. Um, and I'd, I'd never made the connection. Um, I didn't know Christians were head teachers. After the experience I had at the, the formal job, I was like, oh my goodness. But that was, that was the answer um, to, to my prayers and to the group's prayers. Um, he informed me of an opening at school and said that I was more than welcome to apply. Now, I know this is being recorded, so I can tell you he wasn't on the panel and it was done properly. Um, don't worry, it was very fair. But fortunately, I, I got the teaching position and it really reignited my passion for teaching um, and it was truly a blessing. Um, I feel that the, the, the Parries, my, my group that were, the, my old group and the group now, um, Andy Spence and his family were, um, yeah, truly a blessing, truly an answer to prayer. And all the parts of the puzzle um, needed to get me into my sort of lecturing position today. Um, this morning, it was about reflecting on sort of people being in your life for a purpose. But I think, I just have a feeling for some people today that are going through a different transition of maybe leaving higher education or starting something new, I think it should be really good for you to reflect on maybe people recently that have come into your life that you think, that was a, that was a bit random. But try, and then, then it might actually turn out that there's a really, they play a really important part in your, in your journey. I believe when we pray for the Lord's people, we're not just seeking heavenly intervention. We're asking for guidance, knowledge, and strength to people uh, strength of people to make positive change in our households, our Connect, our St. Nick's groups, and St. Nick's um, as a church, and then spreading out to the Lord's people. Remember, through the power of prayer, we can overcome what may seem impossible challenges, and we, can get, we, are, sorry, and we are given the grace to forgive others and heal from situations that have hurt us in the past. So looking to the future, and especially as we, as we come up to, to summer and we want to continue that momentum, it's essential that we continue to do the things mentioned. However, I'll be setting aside time to pray. Something, uh, sorry, it's time to, to pray with a specific focal point. The focal point that is to champion the Lord's people that I know. I wonder, as you sit here this evening, how easy you you find it to pray for a peer that has found success, and then think about how easy you find it to pray for a peer when when they're in need. For me personally, when someone's in need, when they're down, um, it's really easy for me to pray. I've, I've got a prayer in my mind. Sometimes it's a template prayer, but it's quite easy. But then when they come out of that, that pit, if you will, and they, they find success, it might be a promotion, it might be um, a newfound relationship, whatever it is, I seem to think it's job done, and I don't thank God. I don't follow it up. Some things, it might be because you might have a bit of jealousy, which is, is it's a human reaction, and then you forget to pray for their success. So that's what I sort of challenge you to do um, over, over this summer and as we, as we move forward. And I think we'll find it such a blessing. I'm going to end in prayer. Dear Lord, let the people around me today be the carriers of hope for a society, that, for a world that desperately needs it. Let us use prayer to be a light in the darkness and as a powerful tool to help those in pain. Together, as members of St. Nick's, Let's pray for the Lord's people with hearts full of joy and empathy, knowing our collective efforts will make a difference and not be in vain. Amen.